Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, or on Apple Podcasts. Just look up Trouble with the Snap podcast. Be sure to like, share, do all that fun stuff. Like the Facebook page, obviously. And Trouble with the Snap podcast. With me, as always, is or as usual, is Jeremy File, Anthony Iani, also joining us former uh, Michigan State basketball player and author. Now, I guess we can add that to your resume, huh? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm super excited for the book release that's coming up in about 12 days. So it, it's, it feels pretty cool to have that on my resume, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy and uh, we'll be looking for that. We might actually do a book review episode. How's that sound? I'm, put, I'm all- put a little pressure on it. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all in on that. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, sounds good. We'll, so we'll uh, get that going now, obviously, once I, you know, remember how to read books. Um, <laughs> but, look, the, the reason we got you on, we're going to talk a little bit about the Alliance here in a few. Uh, the reason we have you on, though, uh, you know, last time we talked about Amoni Bates, who were part of that conversation as well. Amoni flipping, going to Memphis, and we'll talk about the hilarity that kind of ensued after that. But, uh, you know, really quick, Anthony, I want to get your thoughts on that situation. Uh, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, obviously, when he decommitted, I think a lot of a, a lot of Michigan State fans were probably just like, eh, whatever. I mean, because, you know, there, there was either two choices. He was, he was either going to go to the G League like we talked about, or he was probably going to go somewhere and play overseas. And and obviously, he must have had a conversation with uh, his buddy Jalen Dern um, about about possibly playing together somewhere. And I think obviously that's why you know the commitment to Memphis happened. But I'm sure there there are other factors in that as well. But you know you could obviously tell by the way Michigan State fans reacted the other day about it, or yes, I should say yesterday. Um, you know, it just goes to show that you know Spartan Nation really didn't want the drama that kind of came with him in in the Bates camp because. Yeah, I think a lot of Michigan State fans, you know, kind of saw through every, you know, kind of were seeing through everything and how everything would have gone if he came to Michigan State, and you know, it would have been would have would have, would have been great to have a that, a player of that caliber come to Michigan State, a number one ranked player in the country, play for Michigan State's basketball program. You know, yes, as a former player, yeah, that's that's why I wish we could have had, but. You know, at the same time, you want to bring in kids who are going to be all in for the program and not just all about themselves. And, you know, I, obviously I said it from I said it from the day that, you know, Monty Bates was probably predicted to go to Memphis. I don't think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I really believe that. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I, I don't think Amani may not be ready for the college league. And, you know, Penny Hardaway wants to play him at point guard. I mean, we, we've seen how Amani Bates has played, you know, at point guard. And sometimes it doesn't result – it doesn't give out good results, you know, from what we've seen on film. So so we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm really interested to see how it all plays out. But there's a lot of hype around Memphis right now. But, again, I don't – I just don't see them making the tournament this year. All right, Jeremy, what do you got? Wow. I <laughs> Anthony is dropping uh, bombs today with that one. Um <laughs> That's uh, whew, that's bold. Um, no, look, we've all had a lot of conversations, and you know, number one, I think I try to be a little more positive because there's some things, of course, I didn't really like that was going on on that end. Um, I, I thought that Imani playing in our state would have been awesome. I really was excited that the possibility of that it didn't happen, obviously. Um, 
I think he's definitely in the end wouldn't have been a great fit at Michigan State or even probably at Michigan. Um, I think the fit at Memphis is kind of perfect. You know, they, they've got nine newcomers this year. And when you add Jalen Duran and, and Imani Bates, the attention is just insane. Um, and, and they're going to be extremely talented. Um, that team could be phenomenal. Uh, Penny Hardaway kind of in his way kind of does just roll the ball out there <laughs> and let the guys do what they need to do. They're not uh, – it, it's definitely not a, a great system to win in college basketball. So I can see why, Anthony, you would say maybe them not making the tournament. But as far as talent-wise, they're the most talented team possibly in college basketball next year with all the guys they have with the transfers and 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 Duran and Bates. It's incredible. Uh, does does that mean they're going to win games? No. I mean, they like I can see what what Anthony means. They could struggle. Uh, it could be very similar to a Kentucky situation when Cal's had teams that struggled and didn't even know if they'd make the tournament. Right and then they made a run at the end. I think this Memphis team though could be scary good if Penny and that staff can figure out a few things. Because as much as Imani Bates needs to improve like any young kid does, he's still an outstanding scorer. So um, it, it's a huge thing for this state, though. It's, a, it's great because it's a lot of attention and something to talk about. Jalen Rose the other day said Memphis versus Michigan National Championship game, which I thought was hysterical. But uh, it's all hype. You know, it's all attention and hype. And that's sometimes you don't want that. You know, and I don't think Michigan State is a basketball program. And you can attest to this, Anthony. That's not how that program is built. You know, that program is built on toughness and defending and doing it collectively. And, yeah, it could have been really ugly if Imani went there. Yeah, I would have loved to have had, like, the offensive scoring punch because we don't know who it's going to be, you know. Is it going to be Brown who takes that shot now? Is it going to be Christie? Is it, you know, is Hauser going to – the rhythm that everybody was excited about? Is it going to be Walker? Like, that, that's the one thing that we don't know. And ultimately, to have a guy – Nice. That said, I think this is a good move for Bates because he's skinny, he's weak, he's you know not a good defender. I mean, even in like these uh, just cut together clips of Gabe Brown just working Bates over, you know, he's like reaching up trying to defend with the wrong hand. He's like just fundamentally not sound on the defensive end, and so I think that uh, I think this is a good move to play in what's ultimately a lesser conference in the Big Ten. You're not going to get bodied as much. You're not going to get bullied as much. You're not going to go to the G League with all these guys who, you know, maybe the reason they're not going is because of uh, going straight to the NBA is because of their athleticism, but they're technically sound, and technically sound beats athletes, you know, quite a bit. You know, uh, my dad always used to say, uh, hustle beats talent when talent don't hustle, and that was on the back of his tombstone, so... I think that uh, I think that it's a uh, big. I think it's a good move for him. And look, ultimately, uh, the hilarity that I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, I you know I made a joke last night. It was just a joke, and I said, you know, why why do you even need to? Uh, I don't blame him for going to Memphis because look, let's face it, if it looks like a rat, it smells like a rat. It is a rat, and uh, we see what's going on with James, James Wiseman. The last time Memphis was any good, they were cheating then, too, with Calipari. Um, sorry, Jeremy, I had to. And when you, uh, you know, 
I said, why work and, you know, try to look for these endorsements when you're just going to get paid up front? Well, it turns out he's getting paid up front as a deal was already uh, discussed with FedEx and the team and uh, that type of stuff, according to the new NIL rules. You can't pay for play and you can't um, you cannot use any potential endorsements as a uh, as a recruiting tactic. And apparently that's what Penny Hardaway was doing. He was throwing little pennies at him. And uh, yeah, it's I mean, to me, it's just funny because this is exactly what we called. This is exactly what we knew. We knew Penny Hardaway was sturdy with the situation with Wiseman. Would he pay his family like $10,000 or something like that to help him move? Like, that, you know, he was doing that as a booster, and then he turned into a coach. And shocker, guess who? Guess where Wiseman ended up committing? So we knew this was a dirty program. We knew this was how it was going to go down. And look. You know, Jeremy said they're the most talented team in the country, but, you know, more crap keeps coming out like this. They're going to be playing walk-ons. Yeah, and, and you know what? Just to kind of talk about what you said there, Tyler, like, you know, even after Imani committed, like the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, where was FedEx in all this? Because, you know, when, when, when he went and visited They were Oregon, backing up the truck. <laughs> No, they, they were they were landing the, the, the 747 airplane onto the Memphis uh, airport the terminal runway there. Um, but, um, you know, and then obviously, you know, with, with Oregon in the mix, a lot of people were asking, well, okay, if he goes to Oregon, how does that fit in with Nike? Like, what can Nike yeah. do? But like, if you're like you said, like these kids today, they could still get paid for their name, their image and likeness. That's if that, that but they can't get paid to play. It's not like you know, if their jersey is being sold in a store, that's one thing because it's got their name and likeness and image or whatever on it. But you can't like call up Phil Knight and say, "Hey, Phil, I need, I need, I need five hundred grand to get this kid to come play for us at Oregon." Like, it's still breaking the rules. So, like these kids that can, so look at, um, so let's use Pierre Brooks as a good example. Pierre Brooks has like signed with um, with Moneyball Sportswear to be their like a social media guy. So he's going to get paid every time he either retweets or he tweets something out for Moneyball because that's who he signed with, you know, as a quote unquote endorsement deal. Like they're not paying him to play in Michigan State. They're paying him to advertise all, you know, Moneyball Sportswear on his Twitter and social media accounts. So a lot of people who may listen to this and go, well, kids, you know, they should get paid to play. Well, there's a huge difference. Like, you can't pay a, you can't recruit a kid and then pay him to go to play at a school. That's still breaking the rules. And so, but again, like, it, it's the same thing that happened with James Wiseman. And it's the same thing we're seeing here. So the question is, is how many games will actually Jalen Duran and Amani Bates actually play? And if they do, if they're only there half the season, they're going to go right to the G League, and the G League will pay them as much money as they want them to be there. Yeah, well, and uh, to to get talent like that, uh, you know, they'll definitely shell it out. Jeremy, what were you saying? Well, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> look. the The bottom line is, I knew right away that and I, you know, the the name likeness image thing was going to be a disaster. I mean, I the, the thing about it is, what can you really do to now violate a school? Because if FedEx said, "Look, yeah." Imani, Jalen, or whatever they worked out through the school, or there's a little loophole, and they're getting money up front to go there. Well, how do you even control that? Because let's just say 
someone tweets something or, or they do start promoting certain things that, that help pay off that debt. Even, you know, like that's the next thing that's going to happen. I think you're going to see that. I think that'll be the big problem. The NCAA has, you'll see these businesses throwing cash at the player and say, here's an upfront payment to come here. Now just start shouting us out. It'll make up for that payment. I think that's going to happen all the time. And I think the big boys are going to just dominate because of that. I think you look at even Michigan, they're going to get certain things that, you know, smaller programs can't get. They're going to have upfront payment. It's going on all the time, guys. Yeah. I mean, we know this. Yeah. It's yeah. happening all the time. And there's bigger programs with huge names that do it. I told Tyler in the offseason, I thought Miami football was going to absolutely take advantage of this. Yeah. I think with all the money going on in Florida and, you know, what. I have a deal with some company. I forget who it is because, you know, I should have been prepared. You know, silly me for nothing. We're going to dive into this a little bit more. Uh, but, yeah, they have a deal with somebody um, to where every single player that comes in, you know, all, all of a sudden you are set as long as you, uh, you know, tweet, retweet, whatever you need to do on your Instagram, you know, post on Facebook, whatever for your social media accounts. They have a deal where, you know, these players are making $10,000 right away, no matter what position or where on the depth chart they land. Well, how and, about, and how one, about hey, I wanted to, I want to say this before we get into the main stuff. Number one, Imani Bates cannot, this is just on track with the Memphis thing, guys, because I just read this today. Imani Bates can't go to the NBA, you know, enter the draft until 2023. So this is even more interesting right. that he goes to Memphis because, you know, there's a, that's a huge deal for him to go there. Clearly, there's no way he would have went unless there was a massive deal in place. Right. But I think the NCAA has a bigger problem because, you know, I'm not going to blame kids for certain things when adults are in charge. And right. I think the NCAA needs to handle it. Number one, I think Penny Hardaway, of course, needs to get his ducks in a row because this is getting out of hand. I mean, if this is how he's going to run this program, I, it's it's not right. So, you know, I just wanted to say that, that Imani Bates is going to be at least there for one year. He could possibly be getting paid there two years. So January 2023 is when he turns 19. Then he can either do the G League after this year or he could stay two years at Memphis. Is it great for college basketball if he's playing? Yes. It's not great if what Anthony's saying, what you're saying to Tyler, if the Wiseman situation continues to go on because that's just not cool. You know, that's right. – that's, that's not an evil level, you know, level playing field, right? I mean, this is still student athletes, and I think we're going to have a major problem with this stuff, guys. I really think this is going to keep popping up with these certain programs. Yeah, and uh, it's it, it's just so weird. Like, you don't have to sit there and try to take advantage of this rule. You know, it's the money is going to come. The money is going to come, especially for a guy like Bates, who was number one, but, you know, like I said, I thought Memphis was a good move because he's gotten bullied and he's dropped a little bit in the rankings and stuff like that. I think he's now the number four recruit when yeah. he's supposed to be the number one recruit since LeBron. So I think to, uh, like, the money's still going to come for a kid like that. It doesn't matter where he freaking goes. It doesn't, like, you shouldn't have to use that type of stuff as a recruiting tool now. And that, that's always been, you know, one of the things, you know, you got Ed Martin walking around saying, hey, we'll pay you if you come here. You don't have to do that. No, you're going to get paid if you're a talent like that. And so, I mean, that's ultimately where I, I stand on it. And look, ultimately, I, I want to know, like, how much 
the NCAA is going to start cracking down on this because we've seen them as they're letting Kansas just freaking walk around and do whatever they freaking want. And we're seeing that with uh, – I'm trying to think. Well, uh, well, I mean, I think Duke. Look at Zion Williamson and Duke. I mean, give me a break. I, I, was, I was trying to think of a uh, situation because it's like a lot of it I can put two and two together like uh, uh, DePaul. And so yes. I'm trying to separate, differentiate between, you know, what is real and what I'm putting two and two together with. And so, uh, but yeah, it's so those types of situations where the money is going to come now no matter where you freaking go. You don't need to use it as a recruiting tool. Penny Hardaway is a six foot seven point guard. He was of a completely different breed. It makes sense for a money base to go there. Like I said, he's also kind of a pansy. Um, as far as his physical strength goes, and I'm not saying I could beat him up because I don't have the reach of five six, but he, you know that that's that's what bits for him is in that conference. He, he's not big enough for the Big Ten as far as like his actual like physical strength. But uh, yeah, we're we're going to wrap it up there. We're going to talk about something that does impact Michigan and Michigan State, and that is the alliance, which is a just Really corny WWE <laughs> nickname. I don't. I, I get it, but at the same time, I don't get it. Anthony, I kind of want your thoughts on this before we. I mean, you know, when I first heard about it, you know, my, the first assumption that came to my mind was, "Holy crap, are we really going to have like a forty-plus team?" conference here like what how in the world is that even gonna hand like work out but then when, when i when i was reading about what what the the pac-12 the acc and the big 10 wanted to do you know as far like i, I was texting uh, one of my my youngest cousin this because he's a huge football fan and a big michigan football fan jeremy so there you go um yeah so, <laughs> so we were texting about it and i said dude i said imagine clemson the u florida state um, UCLA, USC, Oregon, all coming to East Lansing and Ann Arbor to play, and us going down there. I'm like, I was like, the scheduling, like, you know, the dream, the, the dream matches, the dream matchups, I guess you can call them, are unprecedented. And it's like, yeah, like this is what I love to hear. But at the end of the day, what is actually the point of it? Like, is it a money thing where you know you have Clemson and Ohio State playing on Fox one weekend, and it's a money grabber for both conferences? Like. I think just looking at it overall, because we we already have the ACC, you know, Big Ten challenge every year. And so are we going to do an ACC Pac-12 challenge? Are we going to do an ACC or a Pac-12 Big Ten challenge? Like, I I don't know what their scheduling is, what what their point is as far as scheduling goes. But as far as the alliance, like, you know, I don't know if this is just a unity thing, you know, to show the SEC, yeah, we're going to go against you guys, but. You know, if it what if it was, you know, all three of these conferences uniting, don't you think it, the simplest answer would have been, oh yeah, they're gonna have Colorado go to uh, the ACC, they're gonna have Clemson go to the Big Ten, like, you know, so I so I don't know, man. It's interesting, but I think at the end of the day, like, you would have been better off just doing this behind the scenes and not making it, you know, as big as a news get as it was. Yeah. And because I think in all honesty, like when we first heard about this alliance team up, I think a lot of people were excited. But then when you really hear that, 
oh, it's just three conferences standing together and it's probably a money grabber and it's just about teams playing each other, then it's like, uh, okay, well, what was the point of this publicly if you could have just done this behind closed doors? Yeah, ultimately the point of this, um, you know, from the information that I've gathered is it's a big handshake deal. You're going to schedule each other a little bit more, which I think the fans are going to love. Everyone's excited about Michigan State Miami this year. Yep. Or, you know, would be – Michigan State was coming off a good year. Right. Uh, but everyone, you know, th- those are big name – that's a big name matchup, and I think you're going to start seeing a little bit more of that, and that's something that everybody wants. Now, my question is, is, does this just apply to football? But ultimately what it is is these teams just pretty much promised, promised each other, oh, we're not going to poach any of your teams. We're not going to poach any of your teams. We're not going to make like the SEC and just try to dominate everybody, which to me – um, or little, it makes a little sense just because, look, the Big Ten is the second biggest brand in uh, college athletics. And the only reason that they're not the biggest brand outside of the SEC, or the only reason, excuse me, the only reason they're not bigger than the SEC is just because football runs this. Right. All right. If, if you're throwing in football and basketball, it's the Big Ten and it's not close. And so, I kind of get why the Big Ten is doing this because if they lose something, they could lose something big. They could lose State or Michigan or something along those lines. So ultimately, those two would try to keep their rivalries and there would be already a little bit of a discourse between the conferences. And at the same time, I don't get why the Pac-12 and ACC is doing this. The ACC needs freaking help because they suck outside of Clemson. And outside, like – so I, I don't get why they're doing this. Pac-12 completely falling off. I mean, yeah, they have, uh, you know, the Pac-12 champion, Colorado, took one year after Tucker left to win a title. But I that's, that's where I'm confused about this whole thing. Like, those two conferences need help. They're irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Well, Tyler, I'm just going to have to help you here. I'm going to have to give you a nice quote from Lloyd Carr uh, in his, uh, what was the documentary called? Was it the, you know, state divided or whatever, when he said sometimes the things you say matter when he uh, threw that shot at Mark D'Antonio for the silence. Let's have a moment of silence for Michigan football. Look, sometimes the things you say do matter. And I actually think I'm on a different end here, Tyler, with, as maybe you are, um, I think it was actually a great thing what they did because I think what it was, it was completely politics. This was politics at its finest. Let's say something publicly so we can maybe put the pressure on everybody else to say, look, we're not going to just take our conferences and, and throw away some of our traditions. We're going to have an alliance. And words matter. You know, that the alliance is, is strong, right? It's We're going to have an alliance. They've already had an alliance. Michigan's playing Washington this year. Michigan State's playing Miami. Look at all the ACC Big Ten challenge. It's very powerful. We've already had this. This was just a public thing to say, look at here, SEC, like you said, Tyler, you're not going to just dominate. We have traditions in these conferences, in the Big Ten primarily, and the ACC can really offer us a lot. The Pac-12 can really offer offer us a lot. Look at the Pac-12 in basketball, guys. Like, Anthony, just imagine in your time, you know, playing against Arizona every year, right? You know, playing against Arizona State now, like with Bobby Hurley, like Arizona State and in, in Michigan, you know, uh, you know, having a game like that every year, um, you know, and, and in football, even like 
a Washington Michigan game would be fun every year. You know, if you look at the Oregon Michigan State football games in the past, those have been awesome games. So I think that this is actually a good thing. I think they have to play this right, which, look, I don't know if Kevin Warren will. He doesn't seem to do the best job always. But bottom line, we can't have this situation where, yes, the FDC – I don't want to see – I don't want to see Michigan and Ohio State ever leave the Big Ten. I don't want to see Clemson ever leave the ACC. I don't want to see the Pac-12 to look any different. I want it to stay the same because I like these traditions, and I think – you know, like imagine Anthony, you're a former Spartan player, and Michigan State plays in the Pac-12. What the what the hell? Oh. You know, you know, it would just drive you nuts because those are certain traditions you don't want to change. So I, I think it was actually a good thing, guys. I mean, I really do. But as long as it's played out right, though, you know, like don't try to expand, don't try to make this more complicated. Schedule certain games so conferences can get some revenue. And let's just keep it the same. You know, we don't have to change everything. Yeah, they, they can't go too hard at trying to stick it to the SEC. Right. And so right now, if they just shut up, stop talking about it, and, you know, uh, like Anthony said, just kind of do it behind closed doors. Just, you know, if the SEC comes crawling, uh, you know, have, have USC saying no. Have you know, things like that. Like, just let – Every, just let it all go at this point, and I think everything will be okay. Um, the SEC won't be able to pull, pull anybody of those three conferences. Um, you know, there's obviously still a question about, you know, what happens to Notre Dame and what happens to uh, the rest of the Big 12. And I, th- I think that those are really the only other two questions but you, you don't try to strong arm the SEC because you see what the SEC has. The SEC is going to be able to just completely rake it in with Texas and Oklahoma. And well, look at what they did with well, Texas A&M guys. That crushed. Yeah, that crushed just, Texas A&M. Just like, so in my did. opinion, it did. I think yeah. it crushed them. No, I, I, yeah. I, Jeremy, I totally agree with you because. If you look at where Texas A&M was when they were competing in the Big 12, like they were competing like for the Big 12 championship almost every single year. And if you look at where they what they were doing in the late 90s, like they were like one of the top teams in the conference. And then yep. they go, then they go to the SEC. And the, the first thing that came to my mind when I heard that Oklahoma and Texas were going to the SEC, the Is first both thing, teams to sucking. Well, that too. <laughs> but the the other thing that came to my mind was those guys aren't going to beat Alabama. They're right. not going to, they're not going to beat Florida. Like, especially Alabama, because, you know, and I know people say it every year. Oh, well, Nick Saban lost a lot of kids. You know, they may not be, well, guess what? They're They're number one preseason ranked again. So they reload every single year. So when I first heard, Oh, Oklahoma and Texas are going to the, are going to the SEC. Well, have fun getting crushed by Alabama and Tuscaloosa every year and in your home stadium. So, you know, but but again, circling back to kind of what we said, fellas, it, it, it was all a money grabber. And whatever the SEC yeah. offered, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, because Texas was not going to leave, ever leave the Big 12 because they had the Longhorn Network. They were making so much money from the Longhorn Network at UT. So whatever the SEC paid them, definitely top whatever – Texas was making with the Longhorn Network. Well, oh, ultimately, that's amazing. That's a great point, Anthony. I want to I want to add to Anthony real quick, Tyler. Sorry, but yeah, I lived in Austin, so I had no idea about Texas football. Still, right? 
that mm-hmm. Longhorn network is insane. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much is like Notre Dame almost, not fully because the NBC is like a worldwide network. But but it was like, in a way, it's a shocking how much money it comes to them through that. So my point is what Anthony's saying, and Tyler, you probably agree with this too. Texas saying that here's another thing. They got screwed last year. As much as I kind of, you know, Tyler, I don't mind the Irish. Notre Dame should not have been in that position last year. Agreed. And Texas A&M was very good last year. Why did Texas A&M get screwed last year? Because they're in the SEC, mm-hmm. where you're yeah. a bottom-tier SEC team now in their, in their eyes. Thanks for the money. Thanks for pumping up our conference. Thanks for joining us, but we're not going to give you any clout. And Jimbo Fisher was irate last year. He had every right to be because they were super good last year. You know, they had one loss, and they were tough. You know, and, and, and they, they had every right to complain and say, what about us? Notre Dame, you know, like, okay, they did beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. But other than that, what, why are they so much bigger than us? I mean, why are they bigger? Because they're in a different area, different conference, excuse me, or on their own, which Tyler loves. They have their own money. They have their own thing. They have their own prestige. And they're pumped up more. So I think the Big Ten, this alliance, they, they, we need to do this correctly. Look, pump up these teams in these other conferences. You don't want it to be another Texas A&M. Here's another thing, guys. Clemson would be perfect in the SEC for football, right? Perfect. Yeah. Well, guess what? They'd go to that conference and be third and fourth yep. some years. So why? what's the point of going to the SEC where now you got to battle those teams when you can dominate your conference and pump up your own conference and really make your own money and also build up this conference. See, I think we, we have to have these conversations as fans, as people with higher up abilities, because look, Texas A&M, and that's, that hurts. I mean, that was, they got completely shunned last year and pushed to the side because now they're not even popular in the sec. They're just, it's just Texas A&M. Right. And I think Texas won't have that. I think Texas will come in and like override them because they're just too much of a brand. But at the same time, I don't think they'll ever win. So, Anthony, you made a great point on that, Ed. Yeah, yeah. and uh, to, bring, to bring it up, like, you, you were talking about why would Clemson ever want to leave? Well, the same reason Notre Dame signed that five-game five contract a year or whatever with the ACC, so you can just go in and curb stomp Wake Forest every freaking year. Like, what, we're six years into this – uh, deal with the ACC for Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's only played uh, Clemson once. Yeah, and you on. love it. You the, love it. So oh, much. I, I look. <laughs> you, you got me off track when you brought them up. I'm sorry. I, but look, the Longhorn, the Longhorn. Oh, I know, man. I know. <laughs> li- living in South Bend will do that to you, man. But uh, <laughs> live in Ann Arbor. I'm a pass. Um, but. <laughs> But when you bring up the Longhorn Network, here's the thing is when Texas was only really making their money, when you look at all this revenue sharing and the stuff that goes on, and this is why I think North Dame would actually be better off in the conference as well, is Texas was only really making their money off their Oklahoma game. You know, you, you look at it, Michigan, Michigan makes money off of when Rutgers and Maryland play each other. But Rutgers and Maryland also make money when Ohio State and Michigan play each other. And when you have those types of things, and I think Notre Dame would be great in the Big Ten just because Notre Dame would play Ohio State then every year. They Notre never Dame do it. would play Penn State every year. Well, no, because they don't want to end up in the situation, as I'm looking at, Notre, like three people walking by with Notre Dame on right now. Um, 
Look at the look at how but they got you, you, you don't want to because ago. you don't want to lose because you're like Clemson yeah. and you get to play the ACC. You get to beat the crap out of Georgia Tech without Kelvin Johnson. Like, why don't they play Michigan really and Michigan State every year no more? I mean, why? Because that's an L sometimes. I mean, exactly. That's what I'm, so, that, I'm, that's so what I'm saying. But you, but the reason Texas left is because they're going to make that money ultimately in the SEC. Because Texas is still a brand, and no matter how much Michigan sucks or Texas sucks, things like that, they're still massive freaking brands that are going to bring in a lot of money when you play teams like Alabama. And like Florida, and that, ask, that's why they're Anthony doing it. But... Can I ask Anthony a question? The 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 amazing new author. And by the way, I seen. I want to shout you out, Anthony. I seen your little uh, um, meet and greet. I might be able to make it. And I am going to purchase the book, and I'm really motivated by that. So I had to say that too. But let me ask you this, Anthony, because you. you're such a you know you're a former Spartan, and you had all these great experiences. Just imagine, and guys, this could happen in our lifetime. Just imagine if you don't have Michigan every year, mm. if you don't play against Michigan every year, can you imagine how crappy that would be? It, well, that would put 10 years out of my life. It, it, it would right. suck. It would suck because like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, it's like a good example, like Texas A&M just flat out did not want to play Texas anymore. Like for whatever reason, they did not want to play them. But when it comes to our two teams, like we want to play each other every year because like the game in this state means a lot to fans and to players and former players and alums who have lived the rivalry. And I seriously cannot imagine where if Michigan or Michigan State left the con- left the Big Ten Conference for greener pastures, if you will, and their deal says, oh, yeah, you can't play Michigan or Michigan State every year. Like that would just be a travesty. Like it, it would just – you know, to quote Stephen A. Smith, that would just be blasphemous if that ever happened. And I don't ever see it happening. But, you know, I, I, I would I would pray to the good Lord that it would never happen because I don't want to be in a situation where if you look in Nebraska, where they tried where they schedule a home and home with Oklahoma, that rivalry gets renewed. And all of a sudden, you know, they just back out for whatever reason, you know, so I. I that that would seriously be the saddest day of my life if you know Michigan and Michigan State never played each other again. Yeah, you need to keep some of these rivalries intact, and I think this is ultimately what makes college football so great is when you have Michigan and Michigan State. You know, what? Well, yeah, the Bears and Packers, nice little rivalry, but it doesn't get that national attention as you know. JT Barrett barely hitting it on that, barely hitting the first down on uh, that fourth down. You know, oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Well, I can't they, help it. I can't help it sometimes. You, you, you know, you, you, you've made it. You, you always seem to do this to me every year. By the way, I fool Tyler every year. I tell him I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for only Michigan State this year. And then I, and we have these talks and I go, I just can't do it. But I, I'm always going to respect <laughs> the Spartans. But oh my gosh, that. But the but, thing about it is, as much as we've been dominated, like that rivalry every year, like I get a knot in my stomach. I'm excited and butterflies for that game. It's like I'm playing in it, which is a weird thing to say, but it's true. I mean, like when, when Michigan State and Michigan play, um, there's so much energy there and there's a lot of money that's being spent on it, right? Whether it's tickets or, you know, buying a bunch of food for your friends and having a house divided party, right? There's just a lot of gatherings from it. 
there's a lot of positivity, but it's a ton of energy, right? And there's just like Texas A&M and Texas used to be such a fun game to watch and, and, and it's gone and it's probably never going to happen again unless what Texas comes and they probably are doing that too to Texas. Oh, come do the SEC. You can renew a couple of rivalries and you can get pounded by Alabama every year. Um, you know, the bottom line is those rivalries and these alliances, if you want to use that word, are very important. And, and I just think Notre Dame, is, as much as I used to not want to say it because I wanted to probably be different than Tyler, I'm on the board with what Tyler's saying. I'm so sick of these guys just doing their own thing as far as trying to manipulate the system, per se, to go to the college football playoff and get pounded every year. I'm so sick of it. And I think it would actually better them if they joined the Big Ten and just improved and won that conference. And then they have a better chance of winning the whole thing. But when you play the schedule they play, and Tyler's right, and I'm tired of – I have to admit it finally, Tyler. In 2021, I'm going to admit it. Notre Dame is cheating the system, per se, when they play Wake Forest in North Carolina every year and these SEC games and, oh, Clemson once in a while. Oh, and Florida State, though. You know, we got tough – Tyler's been right and I've been wrong, and I'll finally admit it. I just J- think Jeremy, look, th- these last two years I've been right on a freaking lot, man. Just come over, just side with me on everything now. It wouldn't no, be as interesting for that. the show, but <laughs> I can't I can't I can side with a lot of things you and Anthony say because you know I've I, I try to be as honest as I can on the Michigan side, which doesn't happen very often because let's just be honest, every day I look on social media and Cade McNamara is probably gonna be the next Joe Montana. So at some point <laughs> You know, I have to uh, Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana, Cade McNamara. By the way, I think Cade McNamara, uh, I'm going to drop a bomb like Anthony early. I think he's going to be terrible. I don't think he's going to be anything that people are talking about, and they're trying to pump him up like he's so great. I don't think he's going to be that great at all. Um, but I, I think the reality is there's certain things that are really important when we have these talks with sports, Michigan state, Michigan rivalry, Notre Dame needs to play Michigan state and Michigan. They, they need to have those games. Um, it betters your team. It, it betters uh, the business aspect even. So I, I just think, look, these rivalries are super important and I'm really tired of not seeing Notre Dame go to East Lansing. You know, I'm really tired of that. Look at those, some of those games, the, the fake field goal. I mean, those are legendary games. And because of the politics and the placement, we don't see those games every year. So I'm hoping we do. I'm hoping Notre Dame can, can play Michigan State again more often. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that, that, that would be great. And obviously, you know, Notre Dame-Michigan State 1966, one of three games of the century that Notre Dame has. So, um, <laughs> but, God, Jeremy, you, you do this. You bring up Notre Dame somehow. And you get me going on these freaking rants. You did the spot with JT Barrett. You started this, and I said, oh, I got one for you. I'm going to talk about Notre Dame. (laughs) You suck. Here's the other thing, too, guys, when we talk about Notre Dame. And this is why where I get, like, I I have a huge head scratcher when it comes to why Notre Dame would never join the conference. Obviously, the NBC TV deal is a big deal to them. But at the same time, why couldn't the Big Ten just say, all right, here's the deal. Your home games are only broadcasted at NBC, but if you like, we'll still pay you Big Ten Network money if we show your games that you're on the road. Or Fox will give you money for games that are, you know, say you play Michi- at Michigan and it's on Fox, Fox will still pay you. So I don't understand right. why Notre Dame would not just sit back and go, you know what? 
that's a pretty darn good idea. We're going to take that deal because it gives us more money since that's what it's all about today. It's all about the money. So, like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised Notre Dame would not be sitting in a meeting with Kevin Warren and be like, hey, show me the money. Like, give us both sides. And any, any commissioner that would want – if Notre Dame went to, the PAC, if, went to the Big 12 and Notre Dame said, hey, we'll come, we'll come be in your conference, but only if we can keep the NBC deal and we get paid for TV deals that the Pac-12 gets. You really think the Pac-12 is going to slam the door and be like, no? No, the Pac-12 – is going to in the big 12 or whoever I just said, they're going to be like, yeah, come on in. We'll, we'll welcome you. We'll work something out. Well, like, well, he, here's the thing is I think they could make that money up just because they'd be playing a Penn state and not army. They would be playing Michigan and not Wake Forest. They, yeah. they'd be playing Ohio state and not, you know, South Carolina. Right. And renewing, and renewing or, rivalries with whoever. Michigan and Michigan state. Yeah. And they would, they would renew those rivalries in Purdue and stuff like that. But look, here, here's the deal, guys. Ultimately, we need to get off this Notre Dame talk because, you know, <laughs> I coach at South. And oh uh, J.R. Knitsky, I keep messing up how to announce or pronounce his last name. Uh, he's a freshman from South Bend, St. Joe, who plays for Notre Dame, who's doing a camp at our school here in a couple of weeks on the 19th. And so I just need to shut up about this. You're going to so, get fired. There's no question you're going to get fired. I mean, I, I haven't even I coached a game yet. Laugh. I don't <laughs> even think you'll get a game in, to be quite honest. I mean, yeah, just, well, you know, I, I think the, the bottom line is, look, without these talks, though, like, it's fun, though. Like, I, it, you know, you what drives us? If Michigan State and Michigan didn't have this rivalry, you know, Anthony, you wouldn't have had all these friends on both sides. And, you right. know, we wouldn't be able to have this Jordan conversation. Morgan. Yeah, as much as as much as Notre Dame people, you know, have their own ego, we all do. So, look, uh, I think you'll be okay, Tyler. You know, you might get suspended, but uh, you know, <laughs> I think I think this needs to be a conversation that we continue yes. to have because Notre but, Dame is super powerful, and uh, yeah. Michigan State, Michigan need that, but Notre Dame needs that too. Yeah, and you know, this is a conversation that we need to have. We'll have to continue it later, though, because uh, we've run out of time today. Um, Anthony Iani, host of the Centered Podcast. Uh, last one with Robbie Hummel was really, really good. Um, be sure to go check that out on YouTube. Find us, Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Anthony, your book comes out. September 7th. September 7th. Make a date. Go pick it up. And, uh, you know, I'm anticipating a great read. I'm sure it will be. Uh, but that does it for us here on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. For Anthony Iani, for Jeremy File, I'm Tyler Hayward.